Hello, it's me, your old pal. What's her face? Up in Canada. You know, the one with the accent. Talks a little funny. She has no friends. Sits in a closet. Tries to bore the shit out of people she doesn't even fucking know. That's me, all right. Boy, howdy, aren't you lucky today. So my kids are far away from me. As of right now, today we played mini golf, which was actually an enjoyable experience. Usually it can be a struggle to find joys in those circumstances, but everybody found a little something that they wanted to do. Like Malcolm and Sarah wanted to play mini golf and Stella was armed with a golf club. So win-win. I think she had more fun plucking her golf balls out of the water. What do you call those? Hazards? That's not the right word, but we're just going to go with it, okay? So she just repeatedly dunked golf balls into the water to get the net, much like uh, fishing out a dead body, I'm assuming, in her future. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. I just think it's hilarious that this little cherubic blonde girl has a has a thirst for, for danger. And potentially murder. Who knows, right? I just love the idea of that, and it makes me very happy. Anyway, we actually had a good day. There was very minimal fighting, and it was uh, a joy to be had by all. And now Sarah has so very graciously taken those children far away from me again. Isn't that nice? They went rock climbing in like some place where they let kids climb walls, I guess. I don't know. I'm just glad that they're not here and we are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let me check my phone here quick. Okay, I've got a couple stories I would like to uh, share with you. Both of them... Yeah, there is no theme, I don't believe. Just you and me and these dumb stories, so let's just do it. Okay, so I don't know if you guys remember uh, when I was pregnant and in the hospital after I had just given birth, I don't know, three days worth of labor, depending on when you count it starting, and had anyone taken the time to measure my wonderful son's gigantic head, they would have come to the realization that it's not coming out like ever. Not naturally, by any means. But no one did that, so I had the joy of going through days of labor and then pushing for a couple hours, and then I ran a fever, and I probably would have died if it were the 1800s. Thank the sweet Lord Jesus it wasn't. So they just cut me open and then, like, gave me this baby. And they're like, here, enjoy this major surgery you have to recover from. And then you have to take this thing and figure out what the fuck to do with it. Oh, and his only (laughs) MO in life is to rip your nipples to absolute shreds. Okay, great. So, you know, it's one spin on motherhood that maybe you haven't heard before. Or maybe you have. Who knows? The reason I'm telling you that is I had a few visitors to the hospital to uh, visit my wonderful newborn son, And also my bleeding nipples. They weren't there for the nipples. They came for my son. They stayed for the nipples. Also not true. So my sister, not Janice, who I think we've diagnosed with some kind of personality disorder. Let's go uh, toxic narcissist. That's my favorite. I, I love the toxic narcissist. Like everyone needs one of those in their family so that you can realize what a monster is. It's really quite a joy. Oh, let me just readjust here. So, not Janice, uh, we have a tumultuous relationship at the worst of times. Actually, at the best of times, that's as good as it gets. She was nice to me once. She did teach me how to drive, which no one else wanted to do, and I don't blame them because I'm still not a fantastic driver. 
Like, I feel like I'm good in my work truck mentally. I'm like, like seeing things like three steps ahead. But then I get into my regular mom mobile with screaming kids in the back. And I'm just like, I'm doing 30 kilometers an hour in a 60 sometimes. Or sometimes I'm just speeding to get home as quickly as I can. Like, I'm just going to go out on limb and say I'm not a great driver in my own vehicle. It's okay. It's a hard thing to admit, but it's true. And there we have it. So she taught me to drive. Now, the next nicest thing that she did for me was bring some weird, gross, dirty-looking old man who she was dating at the time, same age as my mother, to the hospital with her to visit my son and my bleeding nipples and my C-section scar and also my catheter, which was in my body still at that point. And there was a, a pee bag hanging from my bed filled with, you guessed it, really dark urine. And they come in and I just, I have this, I don't remember a lot from that time now. I think I've blocked it all out. Or maybe it's just kind of dissipated in the nothingness, the void that is my brain at this point. But I have a distinct memory of her coming in with this strange little man. And I thought to myself, okay, A, why? I don't know him. I don't have a bra on. I'm in a blue smock. Like, wh why would why would you bring someone I don't know, I've never met, that you clearly have picked up from some park bench in a seedy part of town? Like, why, <laughs> why, why would anyone think that would be a comforting, wonderful idea to do to anyone for any reason? Look, whatever, man. So this guy, his name is Sherman, I believe. And we're talking, and I'm actually, you know... As things go on, he's kind of made things slightly less awkward, even though there was this weird banter exchange that they had about teasing each other about their relationship and, you know, joking around. And I'm just like, gross. Like, wh why are you here? But at least they were talking to each other because I sure as hell didn't want to talk to my sister. Anyway, we had this wonderful visit. It was just, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And then they get up to leave. And I'm like, oh, right, I'm supposed to say something. Now, keep in mind, I haven't slept in, what, four days now? Is that about right? That could be right. I haven't slept in four days. Labor, you know, standing up and blood pours out of my vagina. Great, great times. And he gets up to leave. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you, Sheldon. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, Sherman, actually. I screamed, your name is whatever I say it is. Okay, I didn't, I didn't actually say that, but... I wanted to. I'm just the kind of person, like, I have let a few people in my life call me by the wrong name so many times and for months at a time. And it's kind of actually a jerk thing to do. But at the same time, I just don't care. Like, you're looking at me. You want me to be Roberta? I'll be Roberta. What does Roberta mean to you? And then this other dude called me Susan for a year and a half, I think. A very long time, an inappropriately length time. And I didn't care. He was looking at me. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And then I gave myself the nickname Big Sue's, which also was wonderful. So when uh, Sheldon Sherman corrected me on his name, I'm just like, like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Okay? Like, just leave, weird man. Just leave. So you'd think this guy would have disappeared from my life. Because although Winnipeg is a small city, it's still a city. But alas... It was not to be. Everywhere I go, he just kind of fucking turns up. I'm on my old route, and I deliver to a school. Guess who works at that school? That's right. 
Sherman. And he comes out and he's like, hey, Janice's sister, Janice's sister. And I just like, dude, I have a fucking name. And it's actually Janice's younger sister. Thank you very much. Yada, yada, yada. So I kept running into him at this fucking school. Just perfect timing. And then I left that route and I hadn't seen him since. But I've heard through the grapevine, Janice, that he has had some kind of major heart uh episode thing so last i heard he was like in shady pines and his kids were thinking about selling his house and i just that was a very canadian house 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 i just assumed that he was dead honestly i just thought he must be dead he had a massive heart attack like how do you recover from something like that and clearly you can clearly it's entirely possible lucky me Yet again, I'm at work minding my own business, sorting my mail into my case, and a young uh, lady comes up to me, works with me, also a wonderful mailman, and she said, so, uh, do you know a guy named Sherman? And I'm just like, I turned around, and this young lady doesn't, like, talk to me very much, you know, we know who each other is, and I'm trying really hard to keep my annoying self to myself, because I can be a lot, I can be a lot. I'm good in micro doses like this. I suggest you play 15 seconds at a time, turn the fucking thing off, give yourself a good four or five day break, and then maybe come back again. So I'm trying really hard to just kind of just shut the fuck up because it's one of those buildings where it's huge and you can hear people's conversations whether you want to or not. For example, this really bothered me. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends and we were having a great time just chit-chatting and laughing our asses off. And this guy says, calm down, ladies. So I didn't say anything because I thought, you know, I don't want to start a fight. But I, it, it kind of like, like my back tensed up. So I walked along and I'm like, who said that? And this guy looks at me and he's like, I don't know, four foot nine. Could have been a jockey. Maybe he was in a past life. I don't know. And I just stared him down until he wouldn't look at me anymore and then I went back to laughing uproariously with my friend because I don't know what it is about dudes that get so freaked out about female laughter I mean you should be used to it we exist in the world too I don't I don't know if you were aware of that having said that I'm just trying to let you guys know the acoustics in the room are like super tinny and loud much like this podcast so this young lady comes up to me do you know Sherman yes oh dear god why well uh he lives on my route. Oh, fuck. And he came outside and he said, oh, hey, uh, I used to date Sandra's sister. Okay. And I said to her, I'm like, and so he, he has told you that he used to fuck my sister. Is that what you're, what you're saying? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so great. So like an 80 year old man told you that he had his, his dink in my sister. Is that what happened? Yeah. And she's like, how old is your sister? And I said, I don't, you know what? I honestly, I'm not even entirely sure. But at the time she was maybe like 38, 39. And he was like 70. She's like, gross. And I was like, yeah. And like, why the fuck do my sister's shitty fucking life choices come back to haunt me? I have to deal with my own shitty life choices. I can't have hers thrust upon me as well. And like, I did the only thing I could. I said, sorry, man that's really weird. And she's like, yeah, it was. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you, do you want me to go punch him in the face? And she said, politely declined, which I thought was quite nice, you know, 
But I just don't know what has gone through his brain that he thought that would be like a great conversation starter. Hello, young lady I have never met. Uh, please allow me to disclose to you my love life in a previous time, which is woefully inappropriate and completely unnecessary. Like, I feel like good morning would have been fine. Or how are you today? You know, things like that. Kind of something like that would have been better. Just putting that out there that perhaps maybe I used to fuck someone you barely know's sister is not an appropriate way to initiate a conversation. But maybe, you know what? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be. I don't know. Oh, wow. That feels good. Just get that all out there. You know, like, it's just, it's out. I do not have to carry around the burden of knowing that alone. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And also, I do have a great idea for a license plate for myself. Burden. I mean, it would look great on a license plate. It's true. I someday hope, like my life goal is to be a burden to my children and potentially my spouse. Okay, I have one more story that's not nearly as enthralling as, as the previous one. I should really just stop. I mean, how do you how do you top Sherman Sheldon? You can't. It's un it's untoppable. Oh, gross. I just had a oh, didn't need to visualize. <clears throat> okay, let's just move right along. That was Hang on, I got to swallow the oh. <clears throat> Moving right along, I am the kind of person I need very few things in my life on a day-to-day -day basis. I need car keys. I need a wallet. I don't carry a purse. I'm not that kind of lesbian. And if you are, great, but I'm not. But if we're ever together and you're the purse lesbian, can you please hold my wallet in your purse? Because it's just, it's like a George Costanza wallet. And I just, I'd, would you, like, if you think about it, if we're ever hanging out, I, I would really like a little tiny square of your, of your purse. That would be really nice. So I need keys, wallet, headphones, AirPods. Keep your semen jokes to yourself. They're kind of gross and not funny. And a little unnecessary because I don't associate uh, semen with my ears, but maybe you do and that's okay. You do, you do you, as the kids say. Do they say that? I don't know. Maybe they do. On this one particular occasion, I went and did my shift at my mom's. My sister met me there. She was taking Malcolm to go swim at a pool. And I had done what we refer to as the Lord's work, which is basically making sure my mom's not dead. Mission number one. After that, everything else is just gravy, pretty much. You know, basic laundry. I, I do food prep for her for the day. Not every single time, but enough. And she's still... I had a great conversation with her. So she's on a low salt diet, except she doesn't think she needs to be, except the scale will always tell me when she's eaten something that she shouldn't have because she'll have a rapid weight gain that we have to stay on top of with medication. So I get her on the scale the other day and uh, she's like, how much do I weigh? I'm like, well, you gained four pounds overnight. So that's not good. I'm like, what did you eat? Nothing. What's there to eat? Oh my God. I can't eat anything without salt. It tastes like garbage. Okay. You didn't eat anything salty? No. Like, my mom is the kind of person you could actually totally murder someone with, and she will lie until she is dead. She will give up fucking nothing. Like, Tony Soprano should have had her on his team. She would have gone to jail and not said a fucking thing. I do my cleaning, and I'm poking around in the fridge, because I know that there's something. She has eaten something, and someone has purchased that thing for her. So I look, and sure enough, there are Costco sausages in her fridge, 
the kind that you would like boil or bake or barbecue or whatever. Those things are full of salt because they use shitty quality meat and then they use like nitrates and all kinds of shit. So like if she eats one or two of those, she's going to have a major fucking problem, right? Actually, she won't have a problem. It will become my problem because I will get to be stressed and worried about it because she has no concerns. Not a care in the world. She is fine. I immediately text not Janice, my sister, and I'm like, dude, like, why are you buying sausages? Like, we just had this talk about not buying salty things and bringing them into the house because she can't have that. So let's just not do it so she doesn't, I don't know, fucking die. And we were in agreement at that point. I'm like, are we on the same team? Yes, we are. Okay, great. Away we go. And then she goes and buys fucking sausages. And I was there that day, cleaned up. I gave her an extra pill. I'm like, well, enjoy just like pissing your fucking brains out today. I hope you have a great time with that. I hope the fucking sausages were worth it. What sausages? Holy shit. Are you fucking serious? I'm like, I don't know. I guess there aren't any. I'm like, you didn't eat sausage yesterday? No. And then my sister texted me that she choked on one. <laughs> so I asked my mom, did you choke on this fucking sausage? I don't know. There is no sausage. What sausage? I haven't had any. Okay. Sure, dude. Let's go with that. So later that day, I'm over there. I'm barbecuing. And my mom's like, oh, put some of those sausages on the barbecue. And I had already taken the sausages and hidden them in the freezer in the garage that she won't go into. I was like, what sausages? Oh, the sausages. Didn't you say there were sausages? I'm like, I didn't say there were sausages. Have you eaten any? Oh, I'm like, did you have some that I could cook? Ah, uh, yeah. Sure, Nan. Sure. Fucking, were you lying now or are you lying then? Huh? Is it is or is it ain't? What was the point? Oh, right. Okay, so my sister is taking Malcolm to a swimming pool and she can't bring the Stellinator as well because uh, one or all three of them would end up at the bottom of the pool. Like, Stella needs, like, preferably a two-to-one defense or a one-to-one. Like, she's calmed down quite a bit from last year, but it's still, like, uh, you've got to be right on top of her because sh she doesn't have any fear which I think is a great quality in a young woman. Uh, but it's a terrifying quality in a four-year-old. Okay, I cannot say enough things about that. So that is why Stella was not going swimming. So I'm inside, Lord's work, all done. Everything's fine. I made a cup of coffee, which I do every morning because that is my motivation to go to my mom's and make sure she's not dead and clean her house is this hot cup of coffee. Get into my car. I'm driving to work. My sister's in the car with me because I have a car seat. It's all set up, ready to go. And I do my pat down. Oh, fuck. My fucking headphones. I was so irritated because it was going to be so very hot that day. I think it would be like, fuck, what was it? Like felt like 46. I See, I always get the conversion wrong. I'm going to look it up because last time I said it was 120 degrees. And that no, I mean, that would have been like virtually impossible and we'd all be dead. So let me just, I'm going to look it up. Okay, so 46 with the Humidex would be 114.8 degrees. You follow? You're picking up what I'm putting down and I'm just recently getting back into the groove of things and I'm still a little overweight than my regular overweight. So I'm not looking forward to the day at all. And then I have the joy of like, what am I going to listen to? Nothing? So God bless, not Janice. Yeah, she may be fucking annoying. She may buy really salty dumb shit and try to do like a really lame attempt at hiding it, which is to say not hide anything at all. But she offered to go back to my house and get them for me. I was so happy. I was like, at first I'm like, oh, no, no. The Catholic thing. No, no, no. I'd hate to inconvenience you. And then Malcolm from the backseat was like, good. 
I'm glad you forgot them. That's just great. Because he's trying sarcasm, which I am a fan of. I enjoy that he's kind of like exploring a sense of humor. I think it's wonderful, but it was not fucking wonderful at this exact point in time when I was just like lamenting the fact that I had forgotten them. I was so sad and disappointed. And the reason I forgot them is because I had fucking, I don't know, 80 other things to organize and bring to my mom's house. Plus a kid, pack a lunch, all this fucking dumb shit. And I forgot that I had charged them and they were upstairs. And I'm trying to teach him like sarcasm isn't just like being an asshole to somebody who's already feeling like shit. Like it's not about like punching someone when they're already down. It's I don't know how else to explain it to him in a way that he will understand. So I just turned around and I said, you know, like that's not nice. And he just stared at me because I don't know, he's eight going on 14 at this point. Okay, well, I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, could you just like not though? Like, could you just like on a scale of one to not saying, could you just like not fucking say anything? Pull into my work. I'm about to jump out of the car. I'm in a, I'm stressed out about the fucking headphones. So I've got this gorgeous, perfectly uh, sugared and creamed hot coffee in a mug in my hand. And I go in my frenzy to get the car open so I can call home and get Sarah to organize my headphones for them to pick up that I, I, I dump the entire contents of the hot, sugary, creamy coffee onto my crotch. And I know my sister and she knows me and I am about to lose my ever-loving mind because now I've got hot, creamy, sugary coffee all over my vagina, all over my pants, up my ass crack, all over the back of my pants. And I'm at work now. So I've got to get out of the, the car and I've got to go inside. And I was already going to have like a wet swamp ass crotch situation just because of the, the, the sheer heat that I was going to be in for like six hours. So now I'm like super mad and I can hear Malcolm in the back starting to giggle. And I turned around and I said, is there anything you'd like to say? And he looked at me and he didn't say a fucking thing. I think that was a wise choice on his behalf because I think I would have, uh, I think I would have maybe just started screaming and never, ever stopped until like the police came. Uh, it was very unfortunate. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so then my sister very kindly went back and got my headphones. She got me an extra pair of shorts, but I didn't want her to like bring me underwear. Cause I don't know. I feel like that's kind of weird. And I just took, I took the shorts and put them on and everyone I walked by, I'm like, I, sp I, I didn't pee my, I, I, uh, just coffee on my crotch. I don't always drink out of my vagina, but today it kind of just, just worked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to go now. I, I'm i kind of like creating a yeast infection uh, in my coffee, sugar cream, uh, underwear situation here. So I'm just going to just going to be over there. Just just proofing some dough in my uh, vagine. If you if you needed anything, I'll be OK. <clears throat> and that's what I did. I changed into the dry shorts and I worked in that terrible god awful heat. My sister brought me my headphones. I, it was fine. Everything was fine. But I'll tell you, man, 
Winnipeg is a rough place to live because you go from like minus 46 to plus 46. And it almost feels like there's no in between. Like I have this theory where there's maybe nine great weeks to be a mailman, if even that is a generous statement. And it's those nine weeks where everyone's like, oh, wish I had your job. No, you don't. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine. Cause I had the luxury for being home for a, like a good chunk of a heat wave that we had here. And I remember opening the door and the sun beating down and the humidity and the heat. And I just, I had the luxury at that point, thanks to COVID where I just shut that fucking door and I stayed inside with the air conditioning. And that's how civilians live and God bless them. And I am lucky to have my job. Don't get me wrong. I am very lucky. I think it's very important to have well-paying, benefited jobs with pensions for people who have, you know, no fucking education and no real skill except walking really fast. I mean, not really fast. I'm walking safely, working at a safe pace, if you know what I mean. But that day that it was like 46 degrees, there were times where, like, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take frequent breaks. You're supposed to drink a lot. You're supposed to eat small meals, stay in the air conditioning. But the problem with that theory is then the day as it goes on gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And then the sun comes out. And then it's like, it's there was one point where I opened the truck door, I got out, and you have to really kind of mentally prepare for days like that like both when it's very very cold and very very hot you kind of just have to like psych yourself up for like I'm just gonna fucking do this I guess I guess I'm just gonna fucking just have to plow through and just do it it is a mental game it's not a very mental job per se but it's like you've got to psych yourself up I can do this I'm gonna get this done and I opened the truck door and it was like I was walking into a fire I went from a shaded area into the sun that day and it was like I was literally running towards a fire. And that's Winnipeg, man. You got, you just can't pussy around here. You got to be tough as nails. And that's the bottom line. I really like that voice. I've been parenting with it lately and I find it's very effective. Like if I ask uh, what the kids want for breakfast, I don't know, 800 fucking times, I'll either do this. What do you want for breakfast? Over and over until they answer me. Or I'll do this. What do you want for breakfast? Both are effective. So feel free to write that down. If you're the parent to small children who for some fucking reason can hear you pop a can of Coke from two flights upstairs, but they can't hear you ask what they fucking want to eat for breakfast. Okay, put that feather in your cap. Okay, last subject. I want to talk to you about a movie that I have become obsessed with. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's on HBO, I believe, or Hulu. I don't know. We have like this weird thing called Crave in Canada where it's kind of like HBO and they have some other kind of stuff, but we don't have Hulu. Anyway, I was lucky enough to find it and I, I saw a period piece and I was like, I don't know if I want to fucking watch this because Sarah is known for sucking up period pieces. Myself, I just watch garbage. I will just watch garbage or true crime or garbage but she loves the period piece so I'm like okay I will check it out so I started watching it and I've got to tell you I have complained and complained and complained about terrible lesbian movies that are just tragic or stupid or just kind of like insulting like the kids are all right look I'm not going to get into it again but I stand by my statements that that was a fucking horrible movie it was just stupid and I'm learning through researching about this movie, the director, the actresses, 
I'm going to bore the shit out of you for a minute. So you might want to turn this off if you don't want to hear my review of this movie, because who the fuck cares what I think? I'm just a chubby loser in a closet full of shit uh, talking to people I don't know. So if you want to go now, feel free. Go with God. God bless. This is a movie made by queer women. The writer-director, Celine Siama. Oh, I don't know. I'm not really good at that. Uh, and one of the actresses, Adele Hanel. I don't know why Europeans make names that rhyme, but they think it's cute. They used to date. So she wrote the movie for the girl that she used to date. And it's like the most healthy breakup in the history of the world, apparently, because they're just friends and they're collaborators and they want to work together. And it's just wonderful. It's the first time I feel like I've watched a movie and it's like, yeah, this is it. We need more of this. Like less of... The kids are all right where the kids go find the donor dad and one of the moms fucks the donor dad. And I just I felt such fucking rage when that movie came out and people were telling me to see it. And I'm just like, why would I want to fucking watch that? Who is that for? That's not for me. That's not for lesbians. That's for men. That's what that's for. And then blue is the warmest color. I'm like, oh, great. OK, I'll check this out. Another French movie directed by a straight dude. I watched it. And as it went on, I'm like, okay, what's going on here now? Oh, okay, lesbian bed death. That's called long-term relationships. It just kind of happens. There's always the initial stage full of, like, lust and, like, never being satiated with being in the company of the person that you love. It just, it happens. That's how relationships start. Things don't usually start hitting the fan until, like, two, three years in. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I've been in a lot of long-term relationships, so I think I'm pretty good at it. But they always paint this lesbian bed death where they're kind of like both in flannel pajamas and rolled away from each other. And there's like zero lust and zero affection. And then inevitably, one of them revenge fucks a guy. Like, why? Why is that the premise? Because it's for men. And the sex scenes in that movie, there was a really long, very weird pornographic scene in that movie. It was like six minutes. And then later on, the actresses came out and said that filming that scene was a terrible experience. I mean, for the actresses, of course. <laughs> I don't know how the cameraman felt about it. I didn't care to ask him. And later in that movie, the younger of the two women suffering from only lesbian bed death, not like regular couple bed death, but purely lesbian. She revenge fucks a guy. And then gets caught and gets kicked the fuck out because, uh, yeah, <laughs> you gotta go. And then time passes, and I don't remember exactly how much time, but they agree agree to meet the couple, the former couple at this point. They agree to meet. They're at a public place. And the young girl wants desperately to be back with this woman again. But the woman has moved on with some lady who was pregnant. I don't even really remember how far that went. But the, the thing that really like kind of left me slack jawed is they're in this public place. She, the young girl grabs the older woman's hand and starts like licking her fingers, like in a very weird flat tongued way. And then like, I can't remember. She put her hand on her crotch through her skirt in this. And they're at like a Chuck E. Cheese Okay, they're not really, but they're like at a public place with like a lot of people around. And I just like, is this planet Earth still? And sometimes it can really feel like you are just fucking screaming your head off. And the whole rest of the world thinks you're fucking crazy. 
It's a lesbian movie. You'll like it. And these are the exact same people that will say, oh, what are you going to do when she leaves you for a guy? Because that's all lesbian movies ever are. Woman sleeps with woman. Cannot possibly be satisfied by that relationship or that sexual uh, situation. She has to go back to the big D. Everybody needs the big D. But if you talk to straight women, and I have because... I used to be really interested in like how that would work. Like how does sex work for a woman? And every time it's like, okay, wait, you don't orgasm every single time you want to? No. Okay. Well, what's the fucking allure? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I'm not shit talking you if you're straight. Enjoy. I just feel like if you aren't able to communicate your needs or you're too afraid because of the fragile male ego and you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings, that is not the right young man for you. I also feel that maybe giving men this false sense of security, like they should just somehow be expected to know what to do with a complete different set of genitalia is setting them up for failure and for like this overconfidence and that their orgasm is somehow her orgasm. It's this weird thing that happens. And I'm sorry I got into that, but I just find it confusing on the whole. Nothing to do with this movie. I have finally found it. Okay, this is the lesbian movie. I have waited my entire fucking life to see something that resonates with me, to feel like somebody understands what I'm really wanting and needing in a movie. And if you watch the interviews, and I have, and this director is phenomenal. She's like a year older than me. So we grew up in the same generation and she just was like talking about stuff. And it's like, it hit me. It's like, yeah, she says everything that you see for the most part, is male gaze. Everything. Like, and she said she herself has been aroused by things that were from the male gaze, interested in them. It's like women are kind of forced to look through the world through a man's eyes. For sure, as far as movies and stuff go. And I couldn't agree with that more. Now, having said that, this was the best movie I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And I may have accidentally watched it like 10 times in like four days. Accidentally, maybe. And I just, I think it's just absolutely the best thing ever. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Don't take my word for it. I don't have a great reputation with what I choose to entertain myself. But it's just, it's just, it's like beautiful to watch. And like 19-year-old me would have been like, all they're doing is looking at each other. But 40-year-old me is like, this is clearly a cinematic fucking masterpiece. These women are the best actors in the history of the world. And I feel like I've been seen for the first fucking time ever. I feel like finally there is a movie and it's for me and for people like me, for women, for lesbians, for like really cool dudes, anyone who is willing to like take a second and step into this life. And it, it really resonated with me. I just, I identify so much with loving someone and knowing what they must be feeling because they're invisible. It just, it can't happen. It's not allowed. It's hard to be a homo man is what I'm saying. It is, it's fucking hard. It comes with so many orgasms. You know how it is. But look, hey, dreams do come true. There is a wonderful movie out there. I feel like is the best lesbian movie in the history of the fucking universe. Actually, it's the best movie, period, lesbian or not, in the history of the universe. And I may watch it, like, another 800 times before I die, I hope. All right, sorry about uh, this uh, movie review that no one asked for or wanted. Okay, sorry about that. All right, so if you need me, change of address dot 
podbean.com if you want to donate. Yeah, I didn't think so. And changeyourdress69 at gmail.com. I got to change that. If you want to send me an email about your feelings of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, we could like reminisce if you wanted. We can geek out together because like, why not? And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm on Instagram, but I, I don't even know why really or how or when even for that matter. Okay, so reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. No pressure. Okay, love you. Thanks for listening this far. If you did. If you didn't, well, then you wouldn't be hearing this, would you? Alrighty then. Okay, okay, bye-bye.